Welcome to the Mike Santiago Show presented by Compassion International. Today, we get a chance to sit down with founding pastor Chris Hodges of Church of the Highlands. But before we do that, I want to share with you five keys to getting your team in alignment with your vision. But like to highlight a ministry that we've loved for years. That is Compassion International. You hear me talk about this every week, but Compassion is an incredible organization that is all about releasing children from poverty in Jesus's name. Man, they currently serve over 2 million children and their families in some of the most poverty-stricken areas of the world. And here's my favorite part. All of this is happening in local churches. So Compassion is all about equipping the local church so every single child is cared for by leaders in their community. And you know, as a pastor, I've found compassion to be a strategic part of our global mission strategy. And as a church, we've incorporated compassion into our focus, especially in the country of Guatemala. Compassion has made it easy for everyone in our church to put their faith in action by caring for a child in need. And I would encourage every pastor listening to learn more about compassion, how you can help equip local churches around the world while, while seeing your own church grow in the process. All you have to do is go to visit Compassion.com slash Mike. That is Compassion.com slash Mike to learn more. Now, we spend a t decent amount of time on airplanes, especially if you travel as much as I do. Something happened the other day that really parallels into our leadership discussion on today's podcast. As I boarded the plane, I settled into my seat and the stewardess came over the loudspeaker with an announcement. She says, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. The captain has informed me that I need three people anywhere from row nine and uh, lower to relocate to the back of the aircraft. Those were the words that were crackling over the loudspeaker on my flight. And she continued on. She says, anyone? Now, don't make me pick three volunteers and reluctantly three friends they got up and they moved to the back of the airplane. What was wrong? Well, the plane was not balanced and the pilot informed the stewardess that we need to make some adjustments in order to get this thing back in alignment. Uh, if this flight doesn't get balanced, if this plane doesn't get balanced, it leads to an abundance of misalignment. And here's the deal. The level of misalignment kept the plane from being balanced enough from taking off. And I learned a ton uh, that morning and I quickly grabbed my phone and I started to type, you know, with my thumbs just to try to figure out what are the parallels between people in the right seats before your organization takes off to the next level. We can pray to be, you know, go to the next level. We can seek God to go to the next level, but there's some adjustments that need to be made and there's some practical leadership lessons in this story and I've I've boiled them down to 5. I'm sure that there are many more. And some of these might apply, some of these might not, but I hope it helps you today understand that there are five keys to getting your team in alignment with your vision so that your organization can be in balance. The first one is this, is that in order to get where we are going, we have to make some adjustments. Let me say that one more time for those that are on their treadmill listening to today's show. In order to get where we're going, we're going to have to make some adjustments. Many of us are simply not able to take off because we lack the confidence to confront the abundance of imbalance in our organization. We 
you know, we live our lives with excuses, excuses, and we fill them up with reasons why we can't make changes, why we can't make adjustments. And ultimately, these adjustments that go unconfronted ultimately lead us to being too heavy in the wrong areas. And as a leader, you're going to have to have some adjustments. You're going to need to make some adjustments. You're going to need to have to really address the misalignment in order for your organization to go to the next level and get off the ground. The second thing I learned was that sometimes small adjustments are what get the plane off the ground. I meet leaders from time to time that are looking for big breakthroughs without ever going to make the small adjustments. They you know, contract me for coaching or consulting or they join our break200.com membership site and we get to the granular issues of their weekly schedule and their personal brand and their lack of meeting regularly with their leaders and it seems like my advice to them is just not enough. They want to do big things. They want to do big moves. But I bet if you did the small things consistently, it would bring about the big breakthrough eventually. Let me say that one more time. I bet if you did the small things consistently, it would bring the big breakthrough eventually. The third thing is, is the solution is not, is not always as complicated as we make it. The way that I wrote this down in my notes is that the solution is more simple than we make it seem. I love everything that's going on over at Overflow. Let's face it, church fundraising is hard and 90% of US wealth is tied up in non-cash assets. That means that churches only accepting cash donations are missing massive giving potential and Overflow is here to help. Overflow is an online software that empowers donors to give crypto and stock donations to churches and nonprofits within minutes. The average donation to churches and nonprofits is usually $128, but the average donation through Overflow is $10,000. Your donors want to give stock and crypto because it's the most tax-efficient way to give. Why? Because there's no capital gains tax. So churches get the full donation, and the donors get the full tax deduction. As a result, churches have seen up to 32 times return on their investment with Overflow. So let's unlock unprecedented generosity together. All you got to do is visit overflow.co slash Mike. That's overflow.co slash Mike. Not only is the answer sometimes small, it oftentimes is less complicated than you think. Instead of trying to create a brand new organizational chart every six months or when you come back from a conference, uh, or instead of trying to get uh, ev opinions from every single person before you go live with a new initiative or start something from scratch, sometimes you just got to do it and then learn from the mistakes. Just post the post and then watch what happens. Just preach the gospel and watch what happens. Just meet with that potential new leader and see what happens. I think we spend an enormous amount of time running through all the possible scenarios, planning for the worst well, all you need to do is just make the small adjustments and get started. The fourth thing I learned was that good leaders only ever want to sit at the front of the plane, but great leaders understand that there might be seasons where the back of the plane requires their attention. In order to realign your organization, you might need to do what they do on Undercover Boss, what the CEO does, and that is go to the back of the plane, check on how things are going, take one for the team, balance the organization out, and sp spend some time with your hourly employees. Learn what's happening in the parts of the 
organization that you don't see every single day. For me, in my line of work as a pastor, it looks like me checking in on the kids' ministry or the youth ministry. And these can be areas that I tend to allow to slip and slide into becoming less sharp and less effective over time. And so it's important that you go to the back of the plane if you want to be a great leader. Number five is people who are unwilling to move are keeping you from new heights. So you need to ask yourself these questions to get uh, in alignment. The qu ask yourself these questions. Number one, is my staff healthy? Is my team healthy? Is my staff healthy? Are, are, are the people around me healthy? This is how you audit your the balance in your organization. This is how you know if you need to wait before you take off. Is my staff healthy? First question. Second question is this. Is there a clear structure in place? Is it clear who's supposed to do what, when they're supposed to do, and who they're supposed to report to? Number three, are my systems working? Do you have any systems at all? Are you following up with first-time guests? Are you following up with new customers? Are you following up with uh, people who are new to the church or new to your organization, new people? Are my Sundays a win? For us, our big day is Sunday. Is your main product, if you're in business, is your primary product, your, your flagship product, is it winning? And then number five is my spirit strong. So you have staff, structure, systems, Sundays, and spirit. Those are the five things that you need to audit before you go to the next level. Before you take off, is my staff in balance? Is my structure in balance? Are my systems in balance? Are my Sundays in balance? And is my spirit strong and in balance? Well, what's my point? I'm glad you asked. The point is this. We don't need a new airplane. We don't need a new pilot. All we need is to make some small adjustments by putting the right people in the right place. We might not even need more people. We just need the right people in the right place. Maybe it's not even people. Maybe it's the baggage that you carry that needs to be adjusted under the plane. See, my flight was still on time. The solution was more simple than we make it. Good leaders, good leaders that want to become great leaders know that there will be seasons that they have to spend in the back of the plane in order for it to get up in the air. Let's go. I know that digital marketing is hard, and let's be honest, you're not great at it, I'm not great at it, and just because your youth pastor is young doesn't mean he should do it either. I trust the guys at therocket.media to help grow our church. They can help you reach more first-time guests each week with Google Ads and market your big days like Easter coming up, Christmas, on Facebook and on Instagram. They've invited over 25 million people to church using Google Ads alone, and they just helped us launch our third location with over 400 people in attendance. So why don't you set up a free consultation right now? That's at the rocket.media forward slash church. If you mention the show, you get free AirPods just for signing up. Again, that's the rocket.media forward slash church. Welcome back to the Mike Santiago show presented by Compassion International. Today I have with me Pastor Chris Hodges. He's the founding and senior pastor of Church of the Highlands. And for the three people who might not know who he is. I will give you some context who we have the privilege of spending a little bit of time with today. Uh, since it began in 2001, Highlands has grown to have campuses across the state of Alabama and in Georgia, um, known for their life-giving culture and focus on leading people to an intimate relationship with God. Pastor Chris has an incredible reach and impact. Personally, his teaching on prayer and the Holy Spirit have impacted my ministry greatly, and Pastor Chris has a deep passion for developing leaders and that's where he co-founded ARC, the Association of Related Churches, in 2001. And this year, they crossed the 1,000 church plant mark, which is unbelievable and so awesome. And he also has Grow Leader, which provides practical content, a monthly podcast, and a conference that 
No one can ever seem to get into. The tickets are traded on the black market because it's always such a popular event. And it was at the Grow Conference where the Lord really blessed me with some boldness to get our church uh, out of debt and really see our church set financially free. And we paid off $2 million worth of debt uh, because of the Grow Conference. And obviously, he also has a huge influence in the Highlands College, which is a ministry training school that trains and launches students into full-time ministry careers. And recently, he released a book on prayer um, that's called Pray First, and it can be found wherever books are sold. Pastor Chris, thank you again for joining me today on the Mike Santiago Show presented by Compassion International. Thank you, Mike. I'm really honored to be here. I always love being around young church planners too. And and, uh, and you, you're doing an amazing work yourself, and I'm proud to be on the show today. Thank you so much. Take me back to the early days of Church of the Highlands. What was it like, and what kind of prayers were you praying in the early days at Church of the Highlands? <laughs> well, <laughs> praying the same kind of prayers that everybody who's starting something uh, with in a town where you don't know a single person in the town, uh, you have no money, <laughs> you have really no ability. This is long before ARC. In fact, uh, ARC is the reason why, I mean, our church plant was the reason why ARC was formed because there wasn't anybody to help me. And uh, man, Mike, I was, I was praying. Our, our interstate has a loop um, interstate. Uh, we have an interstate that goes through the city and then a loop around it. And it takes about 45, 50 minutes to make the loop around the entire city. And I was driving it three times a day, praying over the city. I had a big old giant map of Birmingham on the wall of my home office, which was just a little closet type room in the basement of this house, the only house we could afford at the time. And I was praying over every neighborhood. We have 99 different subdivisions and neighborhoods in the greater Birmingham area. And I was praying for every one of them by name. I was praying desperate prayers and I was praying, uh, boy, talk about praying first. I was definitely praying first. This was, this was something I was taught by my own home church that, you know, you have to win the war in the spiritual first. So you, you, you can't just go onto the battleground. You win the war in the spiritual. And I liken it to, um, most of us remember that are my age or older, you remember the Gulf War back in the 90s, um, in the early 90s. And it was so interesting because when they, they were in this Gulf War, uh, America came in with our air power and our air force. And, the, and they did that for so long, just did this air attack that when the ground forces went in, it was easy. And I liken kind of the work of the ministry the same way. If we get the air combat right, if we get the war in the heavenlies done right first, then the ground work is a lot easier. And a lot of times we're moving into the ground level first instead of that air attack. And so I was taught this growing up and in my home church. So I'm very fortunate to have already had it in my blood. That's amazing. Talk to me a little bit about what that looks like on a personal level. What does your daily prayer routine look like? And if we're talking to pastors and leaders, kind of encourage them on what their daily prayer routine should look like. Well, yeah, well, obviously God can listen to your prayers, uh, answer your prayers, hear your prayers all day long. But there is absolutely no doubt that there's something special about first things. 
um, when you when you give something first, it has the power to bless the rest. And so that's why throughout the Bible, you see early morning prayer more prevalent than other times during the day. Again, the other times are perfectly fine to pray. But Jesus, Mark chapter one says, you know, got up early before the sun rose, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Um, King David said in the book of Psalms that early in the morning, I'll lay my request before you. There's something powerful about that early time. So I was taught that uh, as a young disciple, as a young Christian, and then certainly I've been in ministry 40 years. And so uh, early, even in my ministry years, the pastors that discipled me, we, we were taught that that was a priority. This first chapter I write about is the priority of prayer, uh, putting prayer first. And so my routine, Mike, has always been very early. Uh, I get up early. And we had small children. That means they had to get up a little earlier. So I had to, so I could get up before them, which also means you have to go to bed early. Right. Uh, right. And you have to get into that habit. I am now, you know, 40 years into that habit of going to bed early, rising early, and spending those first few moments with God. And for me, it's looked like different things over the years, if I'm honest with you. As I'm getting older, my times with God are less structured, um, more, I would say, more sweet, uh, more intimate. Uh, when I was young, I was very, very uh, organized in my prayer time. I came in with prayer lists, prayer maps. I mean, I had my my resources. I had my different models that I could pray through. I now have memorized all of those, so I don't need the list and the models but the point that I would love young leaders to hear is I never miss. If I had a 5.30 a.m. flight out of Birmingham, then I got up at least 15 minutes earlier so that I could have what I call the first 15, uh, five, five minutes um, in the word, five minutes in worship, five minutes in prayer. And so I just think that that speaks something powerfully to God that you put him first. And, um, and I think when you do that, Again, he blesses the rest. So it's it's a it's a very very precious time to me. That's amazing. Um, I'm third generation missionary kid, so I've remember waking up and thought that I was up early, but my grandfather was always up earlier. And same chair, same Bible, yeah. same cup of coffee, same intercessory spirit. You know, praying all the time in the spirit. And uh, so I love that it was that it's been modeled and is being modeled. This next segment is brought to you by Compassion International. Connect your church with the life-changing ministry at Compassion by simply visiting Compassion.com slash Mike. Again, that's Compassion.com slash Mike. Talk to me a little bit about church. Um, one of the questions that, that I wrote down was, now that we have the global pandemic behind us, what do you think the future of the church looks like um, in this post-pandemic season that we're in as a country here in America? Yeah, I get asked that question a lot, and my answer is, um, the new is the old. Mm -hmm. uh, there, in other words, there is nothing new. Um, in fact, the tendency is to try to reinvent ourselves. Now, no doubt, we we have new technologies and we have new systems and things that we can use that didn't even exist even years ago. But honestly, I think anytime you stand, the Bible says, when you stand at a crossroad. So when you've gone through something difficult. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, look for the ancient past. In other words, go back to the, you know, they would say in they would say in football, go back, go back to blocking and tackling, go back to the fundamentals and the basics. And I, so I answer that question to to pastors, especially young leaders. 
Don't look for the new. Go back to the old. And don't even rename the old wells. You know, the Bible says that that Jacob found Abraham's wells and they were all filled with mud and and he redug the old wells and he so that the the water could be in them again. And I would encourage leaders to go back to the to the old fundamentals, the things that used to work still work. And it begins with prayer. I mean, uh, that that we go back to um, praying, praying and fasting. We go back to you know seeking God. We go back to personal prayer lives. I have personal intercessors uh, that are covering my life. And these again were things that I was taught when I was a youth pastor in Colorado Springs. You know, when I was uh, early in ministry. And so um, I don't think there is anything new under the sun. I will say this: that uh, the pandemic and those things give us new opportunities, right? Uh, because when people go through a crisis like that, uh, they tend to be more open to the gospel. In fact, I woke up this morning with an email from George Barna, and and he did a study at the end of 2022, and he says, for the first time in many years, there's a resurgence of people knowing they need God, mm-hmm. and there's a resurgence of people's hunger for God. And that more than more than seventy seven percent of Americans believe there is a God, and believe that it's important for Him to be in their life. Well, my God, what what an incredible opportunity that is! But I'm gonna tell you what created it. What created it was the first part of your question. It was the it was the pandemic, because pain brings us to this place. That's what happened to the prodigal, right? He got into this. As long as he had money, he was happy. But when he ended up in the pig pen. Now he's like, okay, I need my father again. And that's where people are again because their lives are falling apart. And they've, you know, the world's offering new things like, um, you know, gender identity is, you know, you, you can change, why don't you change this? Why don't right. you try this? Why don't you, why don't you try this type of, you know, um, idea in your mind? And, and, and it's falling and it's, it's putting people in a flat place. So what I see, I see an amazing opportunity right now. For us to bring the light of the gospel of Jesus. That's great. A lot of the the guys that I work with at break200.com, I'm helping guys break the 200 barrier in attendance. And um, if they wanted to start creating a prayer culture like you have at Highlands, what would you say a small church, smaller church in size could begin to do practically to create and foster that prayer culture like you have at Church of the Highlands? I'm glad you used the word culture because that's exactly what it is. And let me give you first my my favorite culture lesson I've ever learned in my life, and that is you can't create one. Mm-hmm. You can only be one. So let me say it this way. The culture at our churches is us. <laughs> so what that means is, so, th- so if that's true, then the answer to the question is, I don't create a prayer culture. I have to have prayer burning inside of me. It's got to start with the pastor in his, in his or her personal prayer life and then bringing that passion for prayer into corporate prayer experiences. So for me, what that looked like is I, I've always had a very strong prayer life. I'm a, I'm a disciplined person by nature, so I will admit that it's easier for me. But I really have intimate time with the Father every day. And then, but I brought into a prayer experience in which, by the way, was, you know, 20 people in a living room with a boom box playing worship music. So it started very remedial and, um, and, but we, I taught them how to pray, how to spend an hour of time with God. 
and I, I gave them prayer resources. And and then and then when, once I taught them, Mike, I led it so right. they could visually see what it looks like. So they saw me having my private time with God because we had this. We were doing this together in a living room and spending the last you know, 15 minutes interceding um, together and, and raising our voices together like they did in the book of Acts. But you have to model it. The answer to your question is you build a prayer culture by modeling it. And then and then I built uh, personal intercessors and then encouraged them to do the same. And I told them who my intercessors were. And I told them, you know, how I communicate with them. And so it's really more about setting the example this and I cover a lot of this uh, in the later part, the last section of the book. How to how do you build a, a a prayer culture in a church and build a 21 day of prayer effort that we do twice a year, and it comes by example. Well, that is amazing. I just so happen to have a copy of the book here. Um, it is called "Pray First: The Transformative Power of a Life Built on Prayer." And again, we're with Pastor Chris Hodges here on the Mike Santiago Show, presented by compassion international i'm assuming that this can be found anywhere where books are, are sold they could find it on amazon and any anywhere um one last word of encouragement as we kind of wrap up our interview segment today uh there's a pastor who feels discouraged around the country what would you tell them uh just to kind of lift their spirits and encourage their spirits today Oh, again, I, I I would say always look through the lens of the hope, because God's not nervous. Why should we be? Um, I think I think we God always has a plan, um, and we just want to be a part of that. And so I don't get nervous. I don't get anxious. I never get even mad. I know a lot of preachers get really mad about what's going on. I don't like it. I don't just don't express it that way because I think we have so much good news to share with the people around us. And 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 hard times um, make make for desperate people. So we're in an amazing opportunity. And for churches that want to, um, you know, get the prayer resources, we make them available in in, in bulk. Uh, Mike, at, at you can go to prayfirstbook.com, and there's ways, you know, resources, free resources for pastors, messages on prayer that they can preach. They never even have to mention my name. Just go preach the fire out of them. And any way we can serve churches and just know that this is an amazing opportunity. I'm incredibly grateful for the impact that you've made in church planting in Birmingham and the surrounding areas. Your generosity is unprecedented. I cannot express to you enough how many times uh, the culture at Highlands comes up in all the conversations that I have. The leadership at Highlands comes up. The college ARC, Grow Conference, um, really the the way the Lord has used you to impact this nation and the world is um, incredible. And just from a, a church planner like me in Raleigh, North Carolina, with a little podcast, thank you so much for your time and for your investment. Um, there are things that you might not ever see here on earth that will be told to you in heaven about the legacy that you are building through Church of the Highlands and ARC and Grow and Highlands College. So thank you so much, Pastor Chris, for your time today, and may God bless you. Thanks, Mike. You're a blessing too, my friend. Hey, did you love the show today? You can really help us out by subscribing, giving us a five-star review, smashing that like button. Also, you can comment on what you enjoyed most about today's episode. Uh, this show is produced by John Michael Sherman of Rocket Media, LLC. And to find and follow the show, all you have to do is go to uh, the Mike Show.com right now. 
That's MikeSantiagoShow.com, and I'll see you on the other side.